0: Then? And then what? Then survival. Who has the ability to survive. That's the game. Survival. Welcome back. Hope you all had a good week, and uh, let's just jump right in. All right. So last episode, we talked about using music in your feature film, in your award-winning feature film. Yeah. <laughs> So, if you're gonna use commercial music, you're gonna need a music supervisor. And if you don't use commercial music, you can possibly go to Audio Jungle or one of many websites that has, quote, royalty free, unquote, music. Well, I mean, it's royalty free, but you do have to pay to get a license to use it. And they wanna know how you're gonna use it. Is it just gonna be something online? Is it gonna be in a theater? How you use it is going to determine how much you pay. To find a music supervisor, probably the easiest way, and once again, you're going to have to spend money. If you go to IMDb Pro, IMDb Pro has contact information for all the Hollywood players. You know, all the information to get in touch with somebody in the industry. If they're on IMDb, their contact information will be there. And it's a subscription. You have to pay like a yearly fee. So what I did was I was watching one of my favorite, one of my top 10 favorite series in my life is Californication. It's, it's a guy series. You know, I made the hike for guys. I always say, if you listen to Howard Stern, Jim Rome, if you like Californication, you'll love the hike. You know, that's my audience. My demographic was guys okay? Californication is a really funny series with David Duchovny, and it's geared towards guys. You know, every episode, David Duchovny goes to bed with a different female. So tell me that's not made for guys. Duh. It just plays right into guys' fantasies. So anyway, in that show, there was lots of commercial music, lots of rock music, some ballads sometimes. At the end of the episode, they listed the music supervisor, and I knew I needed a music supervisor from film school. They don't tell you much about a music supervisor, but I did know I was going to need one if I wanted to use commercial music, which I did. So I write this person's name down. I go to IMDB. I get an email address, and I send them an email. You know, it's it's what I've been telling you the last two episodes. If you don't try, I mean, all someone can say is no. You got to try. Live by that. All they can say is no. A couple of days later, I get a reply. Now, what happened was the woman who was the music supervisor for Californication had some people who worked under her and they wanted to branch out and become music supervisors on their own at some point. So what she did was she drops me down to somebody who's lower than her. That's fine. At least I got a a response. You know, when I wrote her the email, I told her that this was an independent feature that I was going to wear all the hats and I was paying for it. So, you know, that's cool. So anyway, it was actually a pair. It was a a man and a woman. And they wrote me a nice email letting me know that the head music supervisor had got my email and offered it to them. And they were interested. So they wanted some more information about the project and they wanted to meet me. So I drove up to LA and we met in a bar. You know, we talked. I told them what I was looking for. The next day, uh, they got in touch with me and said they were on board. And of course, I had to pay them. But I didn't have to pay them as much as the woman who does the music supervision for Californication. That's for damn sure. They were affordable. And I didn't deal with both of them during post-production. I dealt mainly with the guy, Chris. So that's how I got my music supervisor. Take a look at your favorite TV show. Look at the credits at the end of a movie that you like. If there was a bunch of uh, pop songs or rock songs or commercial songs in the movie or the series, that's the person you want. Because they have contacts at all the companies that own the rights to these songs. And that's what a music supervisor does. They're the middleman. All right, so we talked about using a song in your movie, but there's also another aspect of music commercial songs, possibly, in your movie, and that's the opening credits and or the ending credits. Now, I knew I wanted a rock song for the end credits, The opening credits, all I really wanted was a banjo song. Because remember, this was my homage to Deliverance. And Deliverance is dueling banjos. And for all you young people, this is probably going right over your heads. But if you watch Deliverance, banjo music was very prevalent in that movie. So I knew during the opening of my film, I wanted some banjo music. But I also knew over my end credits, I wanted a rock song. So as you know, one of my other passions besides filmmaking is music. I scoured iTunes and my own personal collection of CDs and albums. I even have some 8-tracks. Ha (laughs) ha! Yes, I do. They never get played, but they look cool sitting there. So I was looking for a song that had some meaning for a relationship. The Hike is a homage to Deliverance but yet there's a a lot to the hike that deals with relationships. So I wanted a song that in the wording, you know, I love you, very romantic. I'll be there for you always. I would die for you, blah, 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 blah. That kind of thing. That's what I was looking for. And I wanted up-tempo. I didn't want a ballad. I wanted an up-tempo song. So I finally found No Matter What by Papa Roach. And as soon as I heard it, that was the song that I wanted. And I let the music supervisor, No, He went to the Papa Roach folks. For some of these songs, the artists are actually contacted. I do know that for a fact, that Chris told me that sometimes the music company will reach out to the artist to ask if they're interested or if they would be cool with allowing their song to be played in this movie. And along with that, when Chris goes to the Papa Roach people, all he had to tell them was, this song is going to be over the end credits. This movie is this type of movie. Now, he didn't say it was a homage to Deliverance. He said it was a thriller, which I consider it a thriller. Psychological thriller, thriller, whatever. Played horror festivals, and it won awards at horror festivals, but I don't consider it a horror movie. But it does have horror elements. So anyway, I lucked out, and Papa Roach gave me the thumbs up. I got that song. Now, the Jason Mraz song and the Grand Funk Railroad song, the company wants to know specifically when we're going to hear this song. What is going on visually that is going to be over this song? I mean, they want to know. And Chris had to let them know. He had a script and he would take pages from the script and send the script to the company and say, this exactly is where the song is going to go because I wrote it in the script. So it's very specific. They want to know exactly what's going on when the audience hears that song. And, and I can understand that. I don't have any problem with that at all. And once again, I was very lucky that I got the go-ahead from the Jason Mraz company and the Grand Funk Railroad company and the Papa Roach company. So um, three for three. I lucked out. The filmmaking gods were looking down on me. Now, the banjo song, I basically let Chris deal with that one. Chris ran it by me like, look, there's a bunch of indie bands. We could get this thing for real cheap. Because there's a bunch of bands out there that would love to have their music in a movie, regardless if it's an independent or a a studio film. You know, they just want their work out there. So he had contacts with a bunch of different independent bands. Some bands didn't even have have a label. They weren't signed to a label yet. And he just sent me the MP3s of uh, a handful of songs that featured a banjo. I chose the one that I wanted. And that was way cheaper than the other three songs. Now, Papa Roach was the most expensive because of what I told you previously in the previous episode. The Papa Roach song, it was the band, it was the song, so I had to pay the Papa Roach guys and the writers of the song who are also band members of the song. Now, the Jason Mraz song and the Grand Funk Railroad song, if you remember, I only had to pay the writers. I didn't have to pay the performers of the song. Now, music over the opening credits or the end credits, if... I didn't have the money. I would have went the royalty-free route. Because if you go to Audio Jungle, they have genre music. So whatever mood you want to set, they have categories where you can jump into that category and listen to all kinds of different clips of music. Now, some of the clips are short. Some of the clips are longer. Depends on how long your, your ending credit sequence is. But even if you get a short clip, you can loop it. Hell, you can do that in Audacity. Just put the clip in and just loop it. That would be the way to go if if you're looking to cut costs. And like I said in the previous episode, you know, you can't put together a score from audio jungle or royalty-free music. But if all you want to do is put hits of music underneath scenes here and there, You can definitely do that because if you are on a tight budget, a score is probably one of the things that I would recommend that you do away with just because there's so many royalty-free websites out there. And just look for the scenes that you really, really want some music laying underneath the scene to give it a little punch, to give a little mm -mm, to manipulate the audience a little bit make those tears flow just a little bit faster. You know what I'm saying? It happens all the time. You see it in movies all the time. And the only other thing I would say about using music in a movie is you don't want to be don't want to be on the nose. You know, on the nose is a saying that can be applied to screenwriting and we talked about that in season 1, but on the nose is also can also be applied to music. How many movies have you seen? And the words to the song are actually what you're seeing or really close to what you're seeing. See, that bothers me because that's too on the nose. So I think it's more professional and I think it shows your, your expertise as a filmmaker. If you pick music that's not on the nose, but it still does the job that you want it to do. And that's to set a mood, to possibly strengthen the visuals that, that you have on screen at the time to lay a foundation for the visuals that you have painstakingly processed to put up onto that screen. You just want the perfect piece of music to go underneath there to complement it, to complement the visuals. It doesn't have to be on the nose. You don't have to find a song that the lyrics are matching dialogue between two characters. Now, in credits for No Matter What, the words to that song, I Got Your Back, No Matter What. And that's a theme of the hike. Between Derek and Brooke. I think that complements that thematic principle I had in the script about the relationship between these two. Because Brooke, she's basically, she came to this this hike, this meeting with divorce papers. So she wants a divorce from Derek. And Derek doesn't want a divorce. Derek is is begging her. He's telling her, I've changed. I'll take care of my problems. I promise. Give me another chance. And then he kind of ends up saving her. So that's what No Matter What was all about to me. I wanna make sure you understand the difference. The song No Matter What is pretty much on the nose over the ending credits, but it's okay because it's over the ending credits. Hell, if you find a song that tells your entire, tells the entire story of your movie in a song, use it over the ending credits because the audience has probably gotten up to leave. And if they are sitting there, they're just looking at credits. That's a big difference than being on the nose using a song during a scene. Because filmmaking is all about show, don't tell. Show, don't tell. Let's go back to basics. Screenwriting 101. If you have a character who's mad, you don't write dialogue for that character. Ooh, I'm so mad. You show them doing something. And when you see them doing this action, it tells you, oh, they're pissed. But what happens is when you have a scene and it's show, don't tell, and you did a great job, show, don't tell, the character is performing an action that lets you know what they're thinking. But then underneath it, you put a song that has words that say exactly what your character is going through or thinking about. You're showing and you're telling. You're dumbing down your audience. You're taking your audience by the hand, explaining to them what's going on on two different levels. And that's insulting. And people pick up on that quickly. So that's why there's such a huge difference between being on the nose, using a song to manipulate somebody, and the words to the song are, in effect, what is going on on the screen, and then using a song like No Matter What at the end of the hike that tells the basic theme of the movie. Your ending credits, don't worry about it. Put whatever song you think should be in there. You don't have to worry about show, don't tell, the the on-the-nose stuff. Don't worry about it. Put whatever song you want over those ending credits. But in the middle of your movie, in the middle of a scene, try your best not to dumb down the audience and show them and tell them what's going on in this scene by using a song that has the same lyrics. And I know you guys have seen it. I always see it. It's like, God, what dumbasses. You can match the mood with the song. Just make sure those lyrics aren't dead on. But matching the mood is fine. That's what you want. I mean, Jesus, you're not going to have an emotional scene and have some up-tempo pop song playing underneath it, right? You can have some strings and some sad piano. Yeah. For lack of a better word, it's manipulating the audience. That's fine. I hope this all makes sense. Let me open up this silver bullet from my buddy, Berkman. Ah. All right, so um, I recorded that opening segment a few days ago, and I now am currently coming down with a cold, so you're going to hear my voice is a little different. It could delay next week's podcast. As a matter of fact, this week's podcast was delayed because my wife got a cold. Not COVID. She took two tests. It was a cold. Man, I, I thought I lucked out. She got over it, and then I started coming down with it. So anyway, I noticed that the, the pod was a little bit short, and plus there are a few things that I want to add, so here I am. I do want to apologize. <laughs> so this is pre-production, and uh, we were talking about songs because I wanted you to think about songs. If you're going to put songs in your project, you need to think about it when you're putting your budget together. But I ended up going on a tangent about using music. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm passionate about this shit. You get me going, I can't stop. So I gave you a bunch of good wisdom you can use in post-production when you're putting together your songs. And that's another thing. I mean, just for shits and giggles, if you want to look for songs right now, go for it. You know, it's kind of fun. But you really don't have to worry about this stuff until post-production. Be laser-focused on pre-production right now and uh, putting your budget together. And you know... You know what's going to happen. You're going to say you want a song. You're going to budget for a song. And then you're going to go over budget. And then when you get into post, you don't have any money. So guess what's going to happen? That song you wanted, out the door. (laughs) I know, right? Dude, it, it happens to the best of us. And also, I wanted to add in this back section of this pod, I did not give you the names of the songs. The banjo song, the name escaped me while I was talking about it. And the band who did it. And honestly, I couldn't even think of the Jason Mraz song. So I want to let you know what the songs are. And I also want to tell you how much money they cost. Now keep this in mind. This was years ago. You know, fuck inflation, everything has gone up. I wouldn't doubt the cost for using a song in your movie has gone up too. But I can tell you what I paid. All right, so here we go. The opening credit song is Paper Chains. It has a nice banjo. The very beginning, it's a banjo. And the band is Kites and Crows. Kites and Crows. Now that was like $800. It was cheap. You're thinking, damn, Dave, that was cheap? <laughs> yeah. Okay, the Jason Mraz song was I Won't Give Up. And that was just one payment to the songwriter because we did not use the recording. And that was three grand, three large. The other song was the Grand Funk Railroad song, which growing up was one of my favorite bands. Still is. Yeah, they're ancient old mummies now. But uh, if you ever want to listen to a great live album, listen to Caught in the Act, Grand Funk Railroad. It's an amazing, amazing record. And the song was Some Kind of Wonderful. And that, was, that came about because of Grady looking at Brooke And he's basically singing that song for her because she is his some kind of wonderful at that moment. And plus, he's an old geezer. He probably grew up listening to grand funk, too. That was the same as the Jason Mraz song. We did not use the original recording, but we had to pay the writers. And that was another 3K. Three large. So now we're six large in, almost seven with paper chains. The Papa Roach song, No Matter What. We did use the original recording because it is over the ending credits. So we had to pay for the original recording to be heard and we had to pay the songwriters. So just do the math. That was 6k. 6k. So now we're almost $13,000 in song rights. I know. You guys are shaking your head. Damn, Dave. What the fuck? Dude, you only make your first movie one time and I was not going to half-ass it. You know what? When you start half-assing things, oh yeah, that's that's good enough. Yeah, that's, that's good enough. Then you're going to start half-assing your life. Now, I get it if you don't have the budget. I get that completely. I was in the right place at the right time in my life to make this movie. So, you know, if, if you have a low budget and you don't have any money to work with, that doesn't mean you half-ass it. You just prioritize. What is the most important thing to you? What do you have to have? Remember that wants and needs list. So just concentrate on the needs. You, you need this and you need that. You want this and want that, but you can live without it and your movie won't suffer because you don't have it. Yeah, it'll be better if you do get it, but it's not going to suffer if you don't get it. Let's just be real honest here. That's a key point. You have your wants and your needs list, but you can also look at it this way. And I actually prefer to look at it this way. You got to put the money up on the screen. Okay, we got to see where the money is spent. Don't be wasteful with it. Don't spend money on something that the audience isn't going to see or feel or hear. Did $16,000 worth of music make my movie that much better? You know, I think that's a little subjective. And for me personally, hell yeah. And I can tell you that honestly because I didn't skimp anywhere. And as far as the budget goes, I, I was right dead on it. I've told you before and I'll tell you again, my goal was to make an independent feature film that looks and sounds like a Hollywood production. You know, if you haven't seen The Hike, then I'm sure you're shaking your head like, yeah, sure, right, Dave. But I mean, it's there. The dead giveaways that a movie is an independent production, i.e. low budget, is cinematography, sound, and performances from the actors. My goal was to make a movie that looked and sounded like a Hollywood movie and that's where the money went. So yeah, over the ending credits, if we have a rock song from a popular rock band, that's studio stuff right there. If I have two characters singing a song in the movie and the song is thematically connected to the people singing, yeah, I'll take that. That's worth six grand to me. I told you not to worry about all this stuff until post, and after production, the money was there, so I spent it. Now, we joked a few minutes ago about your budget's going to run out, and then when you get to post, you're not going to be able to get the song you want. That is no joke. And what typically happens, and this is why the independent low-budget movies have horrible sound, is because they don't go to post sound, or they don't run the sound through a post house. They do it using Pro Tools on their laptop. And that's fine. I'm not knocking that a bit. If that's all you can afford, do it. Because the most important thing is for you to get your movie up on the screen. I'm not knocking that whatsoever. But if you have the funds and you don't do that, you're a fool. You're half-assing your movie. If you have the funds, but you think it's a waste. No, it'll make all the difference in the world. You know, it's all about perspective. It's all about mindset. It's all about what you really want. What you can afford. But, you know, when you spend the money, just make sure it goes up on the screen. Make sure you can see it, hear it, feel it, touch it. (laughs) And then whatever is left over, you can play with. You know, maybe a little CGI here or there. Color correction. How many independent movies are color corrected? Well, the hike was, and we'll get into that in post. Ladies and gentlemen, I ran the hike through the studio gauntlet. I did everything a studio movie would go through. That was my goal. That was my ambition. And I made it happen. And I'm here to share the story with you as to how I made it happen, where I fucked up, and ultimately where I succeeded. Right? Yeah. Now, talking about on the nose, I bet you guys are saying to yourself, I won't give up. Wow, Dave. That song by Jason Mraz is right on the fucking nose. And it's in the middle of the movie. Ah, (laughs) yeah. You got me. You got me. But let me explain it to you, because my writer skills are going to impress you. Are you ready? Remember, Brooke shows up with divorce papers. She wants a divorce. And Derek brings this song up and sings a line of it to her to kind of put the knife into her and just twirl it around and twist it a little bit, because that's her favorite song, I Won't Give Up. Hmm. My wife, soon to be ex-wife, her favorite song is I Won't Give Up, but yet she's giving up on me. Huh, that's interesting. Ah, now you get it, don't you? I didn't have the song playing underneath them having a discussion about getting the divorce. It was Brooke's favorite song, and he brought it up and sung a few bars of it to her to kind of look her in the eye and shake his head. It's like, what gives, woman? What gives? This is your favorite song, and you're giving up on me. So how do y'all like that? hmm. I'm so glad I got that song because had I not gotten that song, <sighs> I don't even want to think about it. I shudder. I shudder to think that I wouldn't have gotten that song. But I did. It's all good. All right. It's time to wrap this bad boy up. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and my cold doesn't get any worse. And hopefully we'll be back here next week on time. We're still in pre-production. We're still putting that budget together. Mm. Next week, let's talk about mm, crew. Let's talk about crewing up next week. People that you have to have and people that you would like to have, but you don't have to have. Because unless if you have a bunch of friends who don't need money, you're going to have to pay your crew. Now, if you get a bunch of volunteers, people who do it for free, bless your heart. You are one of the luckiest people in the world. Just make sure they know what they're doing because if you give me a choice between taking a volunteer, but they don't know what they're doing, or spending money for somebody who does know what they're doing, and this is your first movie, this is your first chance to make a first impression. Actually, let me, let me rephrase that. This is your only chance to make a great first impression. You only get one first movie, and if it sucks, that's going to follow you forever, even if your career does turn into Steven Spielberg. They're always going to bring up that little piece of crap you did first. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Hope you all have a good week. And don't forget to be a lion, not a lamb. Later.